Hello and welcome to Blades Pod. It is Monday, the 5th of September. My name's Ben, and I'm very pleased to welcome Andrew back on the line. How are you? I'm good. Uh, thanks to Hal for stepping in. Um, I saw it, I saw <laughs> I saw the podcast described as smooth FM for you two at the helm, <laughs> but now we're back to me uh, not letting you finish sentences and <laughs> and uh, mispronouncing very simple names. So, but thanks to Hal, I really enjoyed it actually as a podcast. Excellent, yeah, massive thanks to Hal of uh, Sheffield United Way uh, and just Hal generally. He probably doesn't need to be described as Hal from Sheffield United Way, does he? Is, is... No, 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 ubiquitous. There we go. He's transcended. Excellent. Yeah, <laughs> he is transcendent. Yeah, huge, huge thanks to him for uh, giving up his time to be on on that episode. Really appreciate it. And yeah, to be honest, mate, um, I, I welcome you back to be interrupted because uh, Hal was so polite. I actually had to have like a, a cogent way of finishing all my points instead of just having you cut straight across me. So yeah, just go in and just say, yeah, well, what I think is like. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so yeah, expect more of that. I'm not going to change. <laughs> Great stuff. And you enjoyed your holiday? I'm sure everyone wish, would like to know this. Uh, yeah, really, really relaxing. First day back at work today, though, so it's just like our oh, reality is mm. back. Uh, but little uh, tangent, not tangent. Sorry, what's the what's the word? This is segue. We love a segue. Segue. That's it. It's the opposite of a tangent. But United are definitely making made today a lot uh, easier than they would have if they'd have lost yesterday. Yes. Well, from hell to hell. As, uh, thank you. <laughs> As uh, who was who said that was that the chairman or their owner or something who said that there was going to be hell in Hull. Yeah, he said he wanted to make. He said he wanted to make it hell. Um, he wanted to. I think they sort of compared it to Galatasaray or Fenerbahce <laughs> or, or someone like that. And um, they made a big thing, obviously, about getting twenty thousand and unbelievable support. And look, that's the first time they've got twenty thousand since the Premier League days. And for what? I'm not having this as a dig, but for what's you know, it's, it's pretty much a rugby town, rugby city, mm. isn't it? Um, it's a decent attendance, and I'm not going to knock them. They have got decent support, but I don't think it got anywhere near Galatasaray levels. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they obviously have a very strong uh, Turkish connection through the ownership and uh, a couple of the players now as well. But um, yeah, yeah a, a really good away win for United. I think, um, you know, I, th- I think. I think we did come through a pretty big test there. I mean, I get that 20,000 fans is, you know, it's, it's hardly the, the Maracanã or anything, is it? But it's mm-hmm. it was an amped-up crowd in what is pretty yeah. much their biggest rivalry game this season. And we kind of cruised it, I thought. I mean, I thought we were really comfortable in possession. We, you know, we, we swatted them aside like flies at times, to borrow mm-hmm. a, a phrase from the uh, from the view from, I believe it was, wasn't it? Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I, think, I, I, I think that we... It was bizarre. I thought I felt we were in control for the vast majority of the game, but then they had two the two best chances of the entire game uh, at the same time. But I I thought it were a good solid away performance, and I can't ask for any more. I don't think we we're as sparkling as we have been in recent weeks at home, but it's probably the best away performance of the season. I think it has to yeah. be. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's obviously the first away win, um, mm. and we you know we uh, Hal and I talked about. It, and obviously, you you and I have talked about it as well. Like. Go and prove it to us away from home. Like the the home form's been sensational. We're obviously hundred percent record, uh, and it's been brilliant going back like the whole time under Heckingbottom. But yeah, we, we've had that sort of question mark about the away games, haven't we? But I think if you just look at if you look at the, the games that we've played away now, so Watford, you know, they, that was like their strongest team basically yeah. that they'll have all season. Yeah. 
they were pretty, you know, pretty amped up as well. They were obviously looking for a first home win in ten months or something. Mm-hmm. New manager as well. New manager as well. Yeah, Borough is a possible outlier outlier here in terms of like tough away games because I don't feel they're hugely vociferous and that up for it. But they have got the what the wilder factor there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lewin yeah. nine minutes of kicking us in the face and appealing for everything, <laughs> and then Hull yeah. is essentially their derby. So. I think that's, you know, I think to come through those games with just one defeat, which obviously was the first game of the season, we've, uh, you know, not lost in the subsequent seven, we won five out of those seven. We're not going to have that atmosphere when we play, say, Wigan or Bristol City or Stoke or Reading or QPR, just looking down the the table, for example. So, yeah, I, I um, I think it's a good sort of uh, watermark, I suppose, of, of where this team is at. And yeah, I think there's, it wasn't the best that we can play by any means, but it felt like a pretty comfortable win, even allowing for those uh, fairly self-inflicted <laughs> chances. I mean, like say, just, just before we move on to the match itself, I, I'd have taken a point from this. I think oh, Hull's won every game at home mm-hmm. uh, up, up until this game. Um, and I, I don't think they're as good as they seem to think they were <laughs> on the pre-match view from, but I think they'll be... They'll be well away from relegation, I think, and mm. I think an away point here, as you said, the, we knew the atmosphere was going to be pretty, pretty loud. Uh, I'd have taken a point, and I think we under. I saw a, a whole vlog actually today. Seen three whole vlogs, and every one of them's got ginger hair, which is bizarre. <laughs> I don't know if it's like it's not they just look the same like tigers. person on three channels. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they look like tigers. Yeah, they're all. I don't know if it's just that. Everyone in all, that's where they get their name from. And uh, one of them said, "They don't deserve this. They don't deserve two 0 they deserve one nil. So it's not a massive, <laughs> not a massive difference, is it? But <laughs> not exactly, no. Um, so yeah, I think that's yeah, very very enjoyable result. Obviously, it bounces us back to the top of the table as well, uh, with another game to be played tonight, but not one that has any direct effect on uh, our league position. Certainly, mm. um, yeah, you're right. Hull 100% home record uh, up to this game. Beating some good teams as well. Uh, they beat Norwich yeah. at home. Uh, they drew away with Burnley, I believe. Um, yeah, un- their underlying numbers were pretty solid. They were not. Uh, they're not like a top six team so far. Their defense has been dreadful. Like one yeah, of the- it has been yeah. the worst in the league. But good going forward. So yeah, I, I take it as a. I probably would have been all right with a point, but uh, we've got to win away at some point if we're going to be yeah. like a-, a top two challenger, which I think we, you know. Realistically, we have to consider ourselves now as yeah, top yeah. two has to be the goal now. I mean, I saw yeah. that. Um, oh God, I can't remember his name now. But there's a, a yeah, there's a fellow does uh, analysis for I think the twenty first club, which is like a football analytics site, and his model has us have has us with a forty seven percent chance of automatic promotion now from this position. So it's obviously based on bookmakers' odds. So you you know you won't find any bookmaker that particularly disagrees with that, but. That's quite a good percentage, isn't it? You know, from this position, like, sort of suggests you, you know, we can afford a few blips from here and also that the... I think we're on course at the moment, and obviously you can't do this, but I think we're on course for something like 97 points or something like that. Obviously, we're not going to get that, but, you know, we're on course Hmm. to... And obviously, we are going to have... It's very reminiscent, I think, of the Warnock promotion season so far in that the only difference is we haven't... There's not been enough games for us to pull away, but that got us up in the end, those early wins. We are going to have a bad spell, but we've got the points on the board already. And, you know, you look. I looked at the fixtures and already I'm looking, oh, who's Norwich got? Norwich have got Burnley, for instance, on Friday night. Mm. One of them has to drop points. We've got Rotherham at home. I think it'll be tough, but you expect us to get three points. And all of a sudden, there's a bit of a gap already between the teams you expect to be up there. 
Rubbing my hands. Well, you say, you say about 97 points. So uh, Alex George tagged us into this on Twitter. Mm. I think he tagged you as well, actually. Um, so we're now, after this whole game, 34 league games into the reign of Paul Heckingbottom. Yeah. Taking 69 points, which is pretty comfortably promotion form. So that's, mm. you know, a tick above two points per game, basically. Yeah. Uh, it would be 93 points over a full season. And mm. uh, Fulham, obviously, won the league. Right. Fulham won the league with 90 points last season. And, you know, that was talked about mm. as one of the greatest championship teams of all time. So that just to put into context how good we've been under Heckingbottom, yeah, mm. it's uh, it's it's quite heady days at the moment. I'm, I see, you know, I, I, this is everyone's, you're absolutely, your prerogative to feel this way. I keep seeing people be like, let's see where we are when the World Cup starts, when the, yeah. you know, when we get to the new year. But enjoy it now is my position. Like, this That's is it. great. This team's really good. We're top of the league right now. You've got to enjoy it, you know. And obviously, there's going to be hurdles. We're not going to be top all season. I'd be surprised if we're top all all the way through. But we're, we're there now, and we could look. We could stare at that league table for another week, and you know, feel very happy. I listened to the not the top twenty podcast before I uh, before when I was at work, and um, they were saying that they don't really see anything to stop you know Sheffield United in in the sense that there's no. Yeah, but that's going to catch up on them all. They're a bit short there. Since McBurney's started scoring, mm. it does. Obviously, we know the big thing that's going to stop us, if anything is, is going to be injuries. And there were another one, obviously, in this game. Unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, well, that's, that's interesting. I've not listened to those for a, a few weeks, but uh, I, I remember you saying you'd listen to Not the Top 20, I think, after we beat Blackburn, maybe. Yeah, yeah. And uh, they, were, they weren't quite as. Um, Effusive about our chances. I don't. They think say. Too. I think we're second favourites now to go up, and they said that they, they think that's right that we mm. are second favourite. I look at Norwich. I mean, Norwich are favourites. I looked at Norwich have played. They've not really beat anyone. They beat Birmingham, Coventry at home, and obviously lost the Hull. Beat Huddersfield at home. It's not. I'm not saying they're not a good side and and what have you, but I, I think we've definitely had a harder start. Mm. And I think our goal difference is quite instructive at this stage. We're we're plus mm. eleven. The next best goal difference is plus six, and that's Norwich. Um, yeah. yeah, that that the, I think that reveals quite a lot, to be honest. With the what with the joint top scorers, and we have the uh, second best defense after those weirdos at Preston. <laughs> I feel a lot more confident. I feel more confident, not a lot more confident, but more confident once we play someone like a Norwich and a Burnley um, and beat them. Even whether at home or away or whatever, and and you know beat one of these teams that are, Watford's another one. Obviously, we've already lost to them. I'll feel a lot stronger in my confidence if we if we manage to beat one of those. And I, I'm, I think it's quite a few weeks. We've got what's classed as a nice run of games now. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I was I was looking at our away fixtures, thinking that's a lot kinder. You know, in, mm-hmm. on paper anyway. Swansea, Preston, Stoke looks a lot nicer than. Watford, Borough, Luton, Hull. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. All team, let me just check this. Yeah, they're all, apart from Preston, who I, I don't even know if you can regard their league position as real because of their weird games. Yeah. Um, they're, yeah. It's bottom half teams, basically, uh, coming mm. up. They might not be when we play them, but anyway. Um, okay, let's, let's talk about the game itself because uh, we've waffled for a fair old bit. Although <laughs> although I will say um, we're going to talk tra- about the transfer deadline, the end of the transfer window uh, and some of the people who uh, we thought would go and didn't go, and that is probably uh, a big supporter of why yeah. someone like Not The Top 20 would say that we don't have many weaknesses right now. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, so we named an unchanged team, which I was delighted about because uh, it came to light that Baldock had not trained in the week, which is usually hecky speak for we don't see him again for a few weeks. But um, 
It's He's almost like the thing, when it comes down to countdown to, to team news now, I almost just like which one's going to be injured, and I sort of in my own mind think I'm going to I'm going to go Burger today, or you know because <laughs> you, know, you know it's going to be someone, and like oh my god, there's only Jebison injured, or he was sick, weren't he? Uh, oh, was so, he? I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he he, he had a, an illness, mm. but we're like, oh my, we're playing the same teams. I can't remember the last time we did that. Yeah, it feels like a while ago, doesn't it? Um, yeah, I, I was braced for the uh, Chris Basham at right wing back experience yeah. in this one. I wasn't totally looking forward to that, but fortunately, ball that was played and had another uh, another good solid game. Um, McBurney gives us the lead in the twentieth minute with. Uh, a bit of a scuffed shot, but he does well leading up to it. It's, he it's does. A, I think this is like a, a a grab bag of everything that Bernie does well and does not so well for us. Right? <laughs> like, you know, he finds a, a little sort of bit of space to receive the ball on the edge of their box. He he has quite a bad first touch that sort of bobbles away from him, but then that almost allows him to get a little bit of space by bringing it back under his control. And then oh. it's a fairly decent shot, you know, like... To score from twenty yards is not easy. I think. Yeah, yeah. I think it almost looks worse because of the way the keeper goes down. It seems to take ages to dive it's for poor, it. It's really poor goalkeeping. He's got to. He's got to save that. I mean, again, not not the top twenty said it were a tale of two goalkeepers in a way where Fodringham officers will come to make that fantastic double save, hmm. and this is one you're expecting Ingram to save. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah, um, it was. Uh, as I talked about last time, is is probably the best goalkeeper in the championship, Ingram, or certainly you know one mm. of the, one of the top three. Um, but that one does slip by him. Uh, three and three now for McBurney. You obviously didn't get to see any of the Reading game, did you? I don't no, think. Although no. I, I assume you've seen like the highlights and stuff. I've like seen that. the highlight. Yeah, I've seen the ten minute highlights and stuff. And he does look. He did, I, I'm really loath to use this sentence, but it is like a new signing, isn't it? Because he's playing so much better. I think there's still things that he annoys me with what he does, and, and you get a bit frustrated, but. I think Luton away in particular, I thought he were really good in that game. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously got his first goal. And in this one, I'd give him another 7 out of 10, which might not seem like a high score. But from what I had been giving McBurney in past seasons, it's, mm-hmm. it's a huge upgrade. Yeah, this, did, I think new signing is a good, uh, a good analogy um, because I just expected nothing from him this season. Like, I, I just, I, I said it before, I've, I've written it, I'd yeah. written him off as contributing yeah. to us whatsoever. Snap. And yeah, here he is. It's like, yeah, that's our, you know, he's our striker. He's a number nine. Like you just, just pencil him in until he gets injured, basically. And the, until... the, the thing is with Bernie as well is the way he's playing, and when he does play well on the few games that he has, even under Wilder in that first Premier League season, he is a, a really good focal point up front. I don't think he's a target man as such, but I think Brewster sometimes struggles when he's just, you know, the, the main one up front. It's not really his game. I think he prefers a partner or at least a couple behind him or whatever. But I think McBurney can play that role because he is strong in the air. He can hold it up deep pretty well, and and he I think we, I think Wilder brought him in to sort of be did his replacement more than anything. I think because he comes deep and links up, and we, obviously with all the other attacking talent we've got, we end I and Berger and obviously McAtee, Kadra. He could work really really well, and I still don't want to get carried away because we've been here before, but he does look fitter. Oh, I mean, we haven't been three and three before. I don't think have we like. Well, no, no, you're right with that. I mean, it, that spell of games you had where we beat Chelsea, we beat Tottenham. Oh, uh, that's fair, yeah. And they were home to Wolves, away at Burnley, maybe. And he were really, really good in that sort of spell. Mm. And then he, obviously, the season after he came back, and he, he never got going. Well, he didn't get going for two seasons. Yeah, yeah. Just uh, so, just a few numbers on him now that he's played like a, a reasonable chunk of the early season. So this is compared to all other Championship players. 
is in the top 10 for non-penalty expected goals per 90. The top 10 for goals per 90. And he's first in the whole league for shots per 90 as well. Hmm. That's pretty impactful, you know, for yeah, someone who... Yeah. It was kind of a non non factor, non presence for the majority of the time he was on the pitch last season. You know, for all the, I think we, I think those that like want him to do well have sort of, which, which is probably everyone, but you know, the people that would like, I guess, I guess his defenders to be one, like for want of a better word. Yeah, you'd point to the things he does that isn't like a traditional forward play. So you know, the yeah. defensive headers, the pressing, the yeah, you know, the the link up play, all that stuff, but. We've, we're still sort of doing that, but he is also now actually having an impact where we want him to have an impact as a striker. So, yeah, that's uh, that can only bode well. A month away, a month ago, not even that. I don't know when we played Middlesbrough, and he got hammered from everyone, including us on here. Going, oh, McBurney's coming on, and that's a world away now. I don't, I don't see the team sheet and think we're going to have to carry this guy today. I look at it and think, you know, your fans seem to score. Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. He's still a he's still a massive outlier for the number of shots he needs per goal. By the way, despite mm. being a three and three, yeah. I think he's like I think he's double figures uh, shots needed per goal. Whereas somebody like uh, Estepinian of Hull, yes, four four shots per goal. Um, yeah, this guy, this yeah, the the Oscar, the Oscar guy, that's him, isn't it? Oscar. Who misses the chance in this one? It, it, I've, I've seen a lot of his goals, and they seem to just like hit him on knee and like, go in and stuff. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, he's got a really lucky start. It's got a hat trick from like a combined three yards, I think, the other week, didn't mm-hmm. he? But um, that's a skill. Just look at Billy yeah. Sharp, you know. Yeah. Um, but I thought we did a really good job of keeping him quiet, apart from one of the the <laughs> worst corners. You will ever see, and that is saying something after what happened in our very first game of the season. Right. Can, you, can you try and talk me through this one? Like, Do you know what? I totally forgot about that Watford one until about five <laughs> minutes after, and I thought, we've done that before. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we take a corner. Uh, I think it's Doyle. I think it's Doyle. I believe so, yeah. Yeah, he passes it to, I presume, wanting to be Norwood. He goes a bit behind him. Low passes to Norwood. Norwood decides he's Johan Cruyff <laughs> for a split second. Such a ridiculous thing to do from Norwood. It's one of the riskiest things because he must know there's no one behind him. And he must know he's got absolutely no pace as well. <laughs> so he gets robbed and then all of a sudden they clean through. And it were a little bit like a, a, a school match, like a, an under-15s game where he goes from one end to the other. You think, how's this guy clean through? Just oh, so, so bad. And then... Ew. Lee Bonwes saves us with a save that I think gets better and better every time I see it, actually, from all the different angles. Yeah, let's, let's skip to the save and then I want to come back to the routine. Yeah, um, yeah that was magnificent goalkeeping from, mm. from Wes. I mean, Esther Pinion has... I mean, he has the, the whole half to run into. Like we, you know, I think he probably picks up the ball like 40 yards out from his own goal, and yeah. he's the furthest player up the pitch. He's so unprofessional that... that... <laughs> Sorry, we'll go back to that. Sorry, just, you've got me. You've got me like sort of my head in my hands going. Oh, <laughs> so okay. Let's just get to the save. So he he runs all the way in on goal. Wes does very very well to force him to make a decision. He stays really deep. I talked about this after the um, the Sunderland game, if you remember, where I said maybe he made the, the chance slightly easier for Lyndon Gooch because he comes out Fodringham. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas like generally with one on one, staying deeper is actually not not like rooted to your line, but mm. generally staying deeper makes it harder for the opposition striker. 
And he does that. He forces Estepinian to make a decision. Uh, he makes a good first save. And then this second save is insane. Like, <laughs> he, he, I mean, to get up that quickly, is obviously he's dived to his left and then the chance is going to his right. He mm. manages to get down to it. The, the second shot has an XG on target of 0.92, which basically means it's... It's almost always a goal when it's struck Even, just on target people, like that from that position. Yeah, just for people who don't know anything about XG, they I can't remember what goal it was. They, um, even if it's on the line, I can't remember what goal it was. That was only a 0.99. And there it was a McGoldrick miss against yeah, Millwall, it was the I Leeds, think. Uh, Leeds, you know when Mendy uh, passed it straight to <laughs> the Leeds player? Yes. And he was literally on the line. That, that was a 0.99. This one's a 0.92. Yeah. That, it's he's a goal. It's a goal in nine times out of ten. That's a goal, and I don't even think he does much wrong, Oscar. To be honest, I think it's no. just, he just hits it. I would sat back in my chair going throwing it away because I think even after the first goal, we looked completely comfortable and we looked mm-hmm. like we could get another one. And you think he was throwing it away like at our own set piece, <laughs> <laughs> um, and then uh, and then obviously I just couldn't believe that he saved it. And then obviously it could have been. Imagine if he have scored. And Wesley had gone out off injured because he obviously got hit, and then yeah. Lowe went off injured as well. <laughs> yeah, Lowe is uh, Lowe is the man sprinting back, the 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 deepest of our defenders, who is unfortunately ten yards behind mm. Estepinha when he picks up the ball, and his uh, his hamstring goes, and uh, that's a that's a sickness because uh, yeah, if that's any any kind of hamstring injury beyond like cramp, then obviously he's going to be out for. I don't know, whatever it is, like six, seven games, something yeah, like that. Looking at six weeks, really, probably, aren't you? And that's. Real. I just think that for. Yeah, I just think that for. Um, more to do with centre half than, than anything else. We Norton Davis is going to have to play at left wing back now, but we are once again at the bare bones at the back. We're one injury away from Kyron Gordon playing in, and this is a guy who should be at Tram here. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's such crap timing with Lowe. Like, he's. He, I don't think he's been like world beating in this little run, but he's he's definitely been the best left wing, like the best the best string of left wing back performances we've seen for two yeah. years, I'd say. Like going back to yeah. uh, you know, peak end of Stevens, uh, and yeah, unfortunately, uh, this this incident in you know creating this stupid chance leads to his hamstring going. Um, I I just want to mention, I I didn't want to forget this, Chris Morgan's. Half-time analysis on this. So we yeah. we uh, we both watch this on SUTV Live. Yeah. Uh, whatever it is. Is it SUTV Live? I can't yeah, that's right. The, yeah. the official United thing. Yeah. Um, Chris Morgan at half-time is saying, is basically saying, you know, I wonder if Max Lowe managed to distract the striker there. And I'm thinking, what? Like, because of the way he suddenly started to fall over because his hamstring had gone. And he points out that maybe he, he's sort of saying, like, you know, when your hamstring goes, sometimes you let out a bit of a yelp or a shriek. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and, uh, yeah he's suggesting maybe that puts his opinion off. If and... that is the case, then every time anyone's clean through, just <laughs> just yelp. That's all you need to do. Goalkeepers as well. <laughs> yeah, just just make a really silly noise, like yodel yeah. or something. It were, it were when we played Wednesday, I can't remember which Wednesday player it was now. Might have been Sam Hutchinson, actually. Where, remember when Flett left it? And oh, yeah. it, and he shouted, "Leave it!" Uh, pretending to be one of our players, so that's why Flett left it. It's a little bit like that, I suppose. I'd, I'd forgotten that. Yeah, I remember that very clearly now. Yeah. Oh, that was. I, I'm getting angry about that again. Just in, not in terms of, <laughs> not against Hutchison, just uh, yeah. Fleck, Fleck for leaving it inside yeah. our own box. I think it was. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, this unbelievable save from Fodringham, like just outrageous. He's had hardly anything to do uh, so far this year. Like, mm. you know, the goals we've conceded have generally been really good chances that have been kind of self-inflicted. There's yeah. been very few times an opposition has played through us, and yeah, he's he's you know he's had games where he just don't get his he don't get his knees dirty basically, does he? His gloves hardly ever touched the ball. So I mean, Reading didn't go, but he didn't have a shot to save. Literally, I mean, they had no shots on target in that match. Yeah, and I think Blackburn just had a couple, maybe if that. Yeah, he's, he, he's a lot, yeah from way way out. Yeah, he's faced some of the lowest uh, shots on target of any keeper in the league. So that is as what they're saying. It mark of a good goalkeeper uh, has very little to do, but then when you need him. Uh, he steps up, which is what Dean Edison used to do for us, isn't it? You know, yeah, yeah, he was really yeah. well protected. But oh, then someone, do that. someone mentioned actually, where would you put that um, compared to Henderson's save against Norwich? Oh wow, the uh, which one? The in the Premier League? Yeah, in the Premier League. Sorry, at home. Yeah, the last one before the lockdown, actually. Oh, that one. You mean like is like the scramble on the goal? Yeah, like, like a double save. I think this one's better because I think, I the think it's better, finally yeah. gets the gets the clearance away, and I think this is all Wes. Yeah, the, the second save uh, is the one for me. Like just mm-hmm. to be able to adjust his body so quickly and get down to that angle. I mean, the, yeah, that stat the the point nine two xg. That's so that's xg on target. So it's not it's not just the chance. It's like that's about all the shots that were taken from there that hit that exact bit of goal. Ninety two percent of them end up in the back of the net. Like the keepers yeah. just never ever save it from that position. Yeah, never, ever, but... this is how much of a high XG it was. It was the second Hull had the second highest XG of the entire weekend of the championship. And they had that and because of that, because they had two chances basically, yeah. Yeah, pretty much that. Yeah, you you were right to say that uh, you know, it felt like we could have got more goals and we chucked it away. Burger went round the goalkeeper, didn't he, when he got onto that ball mm-hmm. from uh, I think yeah. from Doyle. Yeah, that we went sort of behind McBurney, um, but he couldn't uh, he couldn't pull it back and find someone. Um, but yeah, this this corner routine, I think we should probably put this one in the cupboard for the rest of the season, don't you? Or just bring some players back if you're going to do it, because <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I mean, it's it should have cost us two goals. It's it's supposed to be our our set piece. He's supposed to be us who's like creating chances, and we've created a goal. A winning goal for for a promotion rival, and almost an equaliser completely against the run of play in this one as well. Yeah, I don't I don't want to get too like risk averse because I do think this side is really good and I like seeing it take mm-hmm. chances, but I don't. This just feels like too much like on the risk reward scale. The the risk feels much bigger. It needs than the to reward. be a shot at least because obviously the shot's blocked against Watford and he comes back out and then realistically we do have enough players there to sort that out against mm-hmm. Watford and obviously Norrin Davis and Fleck whatever they do. We never do that again Norwood. If you're you know the last man or second to last man please don't try and take anyone <laughs> on. <laughs> Just then, roll, you boot it over the bar as far as you can. <laughs> yeah that, that would have been a much more sensible decision. Just kick yeah. it out for a throw yeah, in yeah, or something. Yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, um, I, I don't know if I don't want to do Doyle dirty here, but I think it probably was him who took the initial corner, wasn't it? Like mm-hmm. you said, and I mean, I don't know who he's. I, I can't work out who he's aiming for. I mean, it, it seems to be Norwood, but it's a terrible pass. If it is. It's, it's a really bad free kick, but Lowe recovers it, gives it to Norwood, and Norwood. I'm not expecting him to do much from that position because they're closing him down. But like I say, you've got to be. I understand what he's trying to do, and you know, if he bamboozles and then puts one in the top corner, we're going, oh my god, what a goal! But. You know, we, risk reward, risk reward, and yeah, it's not worth yeah, it. Um, yeah. The other thing for me is, 
Uh, we've been really good at set pieces so far this season. Mm. We have scored four set piece goals, uh, which is the second highest in the league. Mm. Maybe just do that. Like, <laughs> you know, you, you've got Armand Odzic, who scored two in his last game out there. You've got Egan, you've got Berger, you've got McBurney. Get it in Mixer. Like, Doyle is a set piece, uh, excuse me, set piece specialist. Yeah. Let's just keep doing the thing we're good at rather than getting getting cute with something like that. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I, I got it last season. I, I liked, you know, the back end of last season, we obviously got a goal against QPR from it yeah, as well yeah. in the home game. Because we were dreadful at set pieces for about three quarters of last season. So, I. I appreciate that we were trying to do something different to try and get a positive outcome, but yeah. right now we've been good from just sticking it in the box. From As you pieces. say, it's a bit different this year because I know I'm McBurney make a huge difference just being in the area. We scored against, Black, we scored against Blackburn, um, mainly not mainly due, but in a large part due to McBurney just challenging uh, mm. off a corner. This was last season, sorry, um, when obviously Ben oh, Davis course, scored. Yeah. yeah, sorry, yeah. And he goes up with the keeper, and he, I know it's Robinson who wins the header, but he is a threat in, in those situations. Egan, for all his absolutely appalling <laughs> goal-scoring ability, he does win a lot of headers he of does. corners. And Anel, as we've seen, you know, he's what, got three, two from corners? Uh, yeah, he's got three in total, but yeah, two, yeah. two from uh, set piece. Yeah, from corners, yeah. 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 So... Get it in, get it in mixer. Get it in mixer. I'm just trying to remember his first goal against Reading now. I don't know why I can't remember it. Um, I can't. <laughs> oh, it's off the corner, straight off the corner. He volleys it in. Oh, he volleys it in. So he's got three yeah. goals from, uh, from yeah. the corner. One, one a recycled corner, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, fantastic. Uh, Max Lowe, uh, yeah, so he's going to be out. We as Kieran Clark. I don't, he, he were after the uh, Millwall game, he were going to be a week. Um, it's a long week. It's a, it's a very he- it's a hecking bottom week, isn't it? We've played six uh, games since then. Yeah, I, we need him back. We need him back, or we need. Uh, I, I know. I know he's not very good. Oh, he's not been playing very good. But Ender Stevens, just anybody for a, a bother, because we are now. I don't like an L on that side anyway. I think we lose a lot of what's great about him. And Basham, we're fine, and he's a fantastic person to bring in. But I want to get an L back on that right hand side if possible. Hmm. I'm I'm actually all right to have Ahmed Odzic on the left and Basham on the right. Like, mm. oh, yeah, it's, it's not a bad backup by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah, but his uh, his sort of stellar performances so far have definitely obviously come down that right hand side. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to use this as an opportunity to talk about Reese Norrington Davis, who uh, I was I was delighted to see uh, we were not in the minority in thinking mm. he had a fantastic game in this one. Norton Davis is an animal. Like he is, <laughs> he must be a nightmare for attackers. He just, yeah. he's relentless. Like he, he to me is like Jai in defence yeah. and the intensity in which he yeah. like pressurises the man with the ball. And yeah, I've said it before, but great, great athlete. Gets up and down that side. He obviously moved to a left wing back, but I, I, I kind of want to see more of him at left centre back. Which is, you know, mm. well, yeah, why this Max Low injury, as you said earlier, is, is sort of doubly pain in the backside. But mm. um. But yeah, Duffy said, didn't he? Duffy said that he's, he's the closest person in the squad we've got to Jack O'Connell in the sense of his, you know, he's overlapping. Mm. Yeah, I mean, yeah. What did you think of his game on Saturday? Uh, man, man of the match. Really disappointed that when United put out the four man of the you know you have to vote. He wasn't on mm. the four, and I'm like, he's, you oh, know, he's no at way. least on the four. Uh, I think they went McBurney, uh, Baldock, uh, Berger, and then Die. I think with the four. But I thought Norton Davis was our man of the match, definitely. Um, yeah. And don't underestimate him having to change positions as well, halfway mm-hmm. through the game, which is never easy. 
And he just, yeah, completely adapted to it. And I thought it was really, really good. And he gets better and better every single time I see him play. And I criticised him last season, and I think you did as well. He never held out of that shirt. He's, he's, the way he's played at the moment, it's, it's a no-brainer that even if Clark comes back and even if uh, Jack Robinson comes back, I want to see him at left centre-half right now. Yeah, if, if we uh, if we had a fit Max Lowe, yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, yes, yeah. I, I assume he will just go to left wing back for the next game unless we, we get very lucky with Max Lowe's injury and it was just like cramp or something. Um, yeah. You never know, but this is United you know, we're talking about. Yeah, I can't say um, Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I think he's having a really good season so far. Uh, and yeah, I'm, I'm fine with him going back to left wing back, to be honest. Yeah, he, yeah. He looks, he looks like he's improving. This is, to me, this is just like a reminder with young players that like they they do get better generally you know it just mm. it just takes time like yeah you know you get someone like Njai that's all right he was 21 or whatever when he made his debut and but I think he was a bit of an outlier in terms of how quickly he progressed whereas yeah Norton Davis is obviously he probably played like 100 games at championship in league one before he made his debut for us last season yeah. and yeah. yet you're seeing now after a year with us he's taking some big steps forward so yeah, I think great, people were expecting job. a lot of him because he'd been out on loan and had two successful loan spells I think we were I think you remember even the Premier League people saying why don't you get Norton Davis back and he clearly weren't ready for the Premier League uh, mm. at that point but so far one of the most consistent players this season yeah I uh, yeah I like I, he's he's a very likeable person to have on the pitch I think like for your team if you like you know just yeah. that as I said that intensity that aggression he's not I don't think he's particularly reckless with it. I thought, you know, I, I appreciated Jack Robinson's sort of aggression at the back end of last season, although, <laughs> <laughs> well, the fact you're laughing kind of suggests you agree with me. Yeah. It, it sort of strayed into a WWE occasionally, whereas yeah, I don't get yeah. that sense with Norton Davis. I mean, him and Norton Davis, Jack Robinson and Norton Davis sort of just killed Brennan Johnson in the, in the second leg of that playoff. <laughs> but that was another great game from uh, Norton Davis, to be fair, in that one as well, so... He was, and he takes some uh, he takes some punishment, Norton Davis, yeah. doesn't he? You know, he, he's he's not averse to getting fouled very hard, and he he just bounces up from it and gets on with it. So yeah, 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 yeah. I love it. Um, Hull had one more chance in the first half, which I still can't work out is if it's deflected to him or if it's a really good through I think ball. I think it's deflected. I think is it Norwood? I think it's Norwood. I think it comes it off is, him yeah. and loops into the air. I've seen people say you've got to sort it out at back at our time and stuff. I think that's just one of them things. No one knows where the ball's going. And yeah, you probably should follow your man or whatever, but looking at it, it looks the ball looks like it's going to go one way and it, then it goes the other. So it's just one of them things. Yeah, I think so. And uh, fortunately... It's from Tufan. Tufan, he lobs it onto the roof of the net instead of into the back of the net, um, yeah. which is great. Uh, a nod to uh, Mark Duffy here, being a pro at half-time. So... He uh, he attempted to say est opinion in the first half, and he, uh, he and I'm not criticising him here because I butchered his name on the last podcast. But then I've paid attention to the commentary in this one. Um, he got as far as estu and then stopped. And the uh, the commentator I can't remember who it was like gave him a little bit of a rubbing for uh, a, a ribbing for it. And then at half time, Duffy's in the studio just just dropping est opinions left, right, and centre like this. The mark of a true pro. Gotta on love the, it. On the spot, on the spot, learning on the job. That is <laughs> exactly. I like Duffy as a. It's the like second him. time I've had uh, the live commentary. I've and, uh, not been looking. Up, I've not been looking up to have Kevin Gage yet. I don't think you have <laughs> neither. But I'm really impressed with Duffy. I think he's really good. Having someone who not only is has only just retired, which is a bit different from I love a Sabre as well, but it's a bit different from a Sabre and obviously Gage. 
But he's played with a lot of those players. And he, I don't think he's biased. There's a couple of times where, oh, Oli Nolan's got to do better there. Yeah, I don't think he sort of hides. He, he doesn't just stick up for his friends or anything. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. I, I I really appreciate that, that he's, he does stay. He has quite high standards of expectation mm. for a lot of these players, doesn't he? And he does yeah. stay quite, um, quite objective on it. Yeah, there's a... There's a few too many hype men in our uh, commentary roster, I think, where it's like, <laughs> yeah. mm, I'm, I'm, maybe maybe some people like that, but I, I, I really appreciate Duffy's insight, so I, I thought yeah. it was, um, yeah, good again, and I want to hat tip his ability to uh, pronounce Oscar Estepinia. Yes. Um, just, uh, so we're into the second half now, and I, I, what do you think of Tommy Doyle? It's the first time you've seen him, right? The, I saw him in the second half against Luton, um, when he came on the course, yeah, sorry. Um, I thought this was a very seven out of ten, and I don't mean that in a in a negative sense. I think it was just, I think I think we won the midfield battle pretty easily actually, but certainly in the first half. Um, and I thought he was a really workmanlike performance, but also a bit of quality. And mm. he's straight in for me. I think he's mm-hmm. just walked straight into that team, and I, I don't see, I don't see any reason why he's going to get dislodged, even if Fleck comes back or whatever. I'm with you. I think that midfield three is pretty tasty, to be honest. I mean, we're obviously, you know, we've given Norwood a bit of armour there for his uh, involvement in that. Yeah, but he was good again. Yeah. I thought it was great. I thought it was yeah. another really good performance for him. I thought he properly bossed midfield. Um, he won loads of tackles, picked yeah. up loads of loose balls. Uh, it's him, I believe, that ends up uh, setting uh, setting a jai free for what proves to be... Well, uh, you call it a decisive goal in it, you know. Yeah. Certainly, the, the goal that seals it. But yeah, Doyle, um, two and a half good games. Um, I, I, I think that has the potential to be a really, really good midfield at this yeah. level, and he looks a good player. Uh, yeah, he looked like he's got a, a very good future. Ahead so of another him. Man City fan today saying, "Now oh, they need to bring McAtee back because this hoofball manager does not know how to use him." <laughs> it's like one of your players is already. Look, I'm Maxi had one terrible game where he's quite clearly not. He wasn't ready to play a team like Luton, but he'll, yeah. he'll learn from it. And I think Doyle, he just shows so much how, how much that extra season. I think you mentioned it a couple of pods ago about the fact that he's had one full season mm. in professional football makes all the difference. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think he's already learning from McAtee. I mean, you obviously mm. didn't see him against uh, against Reading, but yeah. You know, comes on immediately, looks confident and bright, and is involved in everything. And I thought he did. You know, he went on very long against against Hull, but I thought yeah. again. You know, I, th- I think we. You know, if this game had been immediately after the Luton game, I think we might have felt slightly intrepid at like bringing McAtee on for mm. what proved to be what was it last? It was nine minutes injury time, wasn't it? Yeah, basically. Lot, yeah. yeah, basically for fifteen minutes or so mm. in a fairly hostile atmosphere. It was, you know petering out a bit at that point yeah, but yeah. I think we would have had you know reason to be a bit like is that the right thing to do but now he just you know he comes on neat and tidy just keeps the ball ticking over yeah really um, really good for him the last couple of appearances Berger he's still here and he seals it and great play from Njai although I actually just want to get to that head in my hands with this Njai chance uh, oh. beforehand because it would have been another fantastic goal. It's entirely... I, I, I were up. I were, I'm not lying. I watched mm. his game on my own. I watched it on a laptop and I were up cheering because I thought he's going to finish this because that's what he does. <laughs> uh, it was a fantastic play. Then obviously straight and it, was, it were a poor finish. It's on his week of foot, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. And he's just he did, on his left, yeah. Get it back on his left. Yeah, great. Entirely self-made goal, you know, just picking up a ball over the top. 
Uh, it's number five for them, I think it is. Uh, Jones, he just... Uh, it's, it might have been Figueredo, actually. It might be number six. Yeah. Just completely leaves him for dead. And, yeah, it ends up being a really good chance that he creates out of nothing. But, unfortunately, yeah, yeah just... Just before that, a terrible decision from Donoghue. Um, oh, I'm going to credit to later. But um, mm. uh, he... Do you know when he wrestled it off? I think it might have been Greaves. I think, I think it's Figueredo. Oh, Greaves, Figueredo uh, again. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. And he's clean through. Absolutely nothing wrong with that challenge whatsoever. And obviously Donahue gives a foul for Hull. Yeah, he's so good at that in Jai. Like, I, I almost think uh, referees don't realise it in a way, like they, mm. that, he, that he isn't fouling. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he gets penalised for it occasionally. But anyway, um, yeah, and Jai creates the second goal. He's released by Norwood. He twists away from Seri, who is a you know big money signing for them and having a good start to the season by all accounts. Finds a bit of space, passes it out to Berger. You know when Berger picks up this. So when I watched the highlights back, I, I, it it didn't occur to me until like a good few seconds into it that this is the goal because the position that Berger picks it up in, it's almost like yeah. yeah. How does he end up essentially having a one on one from the angle? From it's one on one against Slater, who is I don't know, he's about the same size as me, <laughs> and he just I mean no offense to Slater, but he just it was just a complete mismatch that weren't it. That was unfair. I don't, I don't know. Um, you know, fair play to Regan Slater. He's you know he's 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 carving out a career. They love him. They Trump absolutely Trump. love him. Yeah. I, I meant to get some uh, when I did the pre-match view. I once again deleted them by accident, like I always do. But they were they were. I don't know. I keep doing it. But there were a lot of a uh, lot of praise for Regan Slater that I meant to include, and they were saying like he's been one of their best players. And even in the post-match view, they they did they had a, a thread where they were like, picking their best players. They all had him in the top three for this game. I didn't, I didn't see it like that. I thought we completely dominated the midfield. But you know, fair play to him because he, he seems like he's really well liked in Hull. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, whoever dreamt up the idea that uh, he should you know take care of Berger in this game was. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you want, might want to rethink that one because it, Berger was just pushing him aside. I mean, there's that great line in the in the view from it though that Berger played like he had a dinner jacket on in this game, which I don't totally know what that means, but, no, but I, do. I get the sentiment. Yeah. Yeah, and Berger just uh, eases Slater aside and smashes in the shot, which takes a deflection into the goal, 2-0, and yeah, that is that is game over from there. But I just want to mention in Jai's reaction to this, which... Many people have picked up on, but it's it's very, very funny. And Jai passes it out to Berger and runs into the box and then gets wiped out by, I think it's Coyle, number two, who just leans into him, mm. basically. It's, just, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's a cheap shot, basically. In, like, NFL, you might, you might get penalised for it, essentially, for whacking yeah, someone yeah. when they're not looking. Um, obviously, it ends up in the back of the net. And Jai gets straight up and runs straight over to the guy that's flattened him <laughs> and essentially just laughs in his face and runs off. Yeah. Um, he does well not to get a slap, actually, in Jai. I thought that was what I we were going to Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, like, obviously a, a, a seasoned professional, I think, isn't he? Um, mm. Yeah, so I think he's, uh, yeah, he was quite lucky that he didn't get <laughs> a bit of a backhand there. <laughs> yeah, indeed. But uh, great play, great finish. Uh, yeah, big Norwegian geezers. Is that three goals for the season now? Three goals, yeah. Three goals yeah. for a guy who took ages to score for us when mm. he first came in. Um, and I think he got, what, two in his first two seasons outside of penalties, yeah. something like that. So, yeah. Yeah, spot on. Um, our blaster. Oliver Arblaster comes on for his debut or his league love debut. This. Love this guy. And I don't even know anything about him. It's the first time I've ever seen him play, but I love 
the aftermath of all his Twitter, you know, what he's been putting in. Mm. And he just genuinely seems like a proper Blade who's living what every Blade's dream is at the moment. It's nice. And he did not look out of place either. Uh, you know, great bit of play down in our, our yeah. own sort of corner flag, wasn't it? Just to defend really calmly and, and deal with the situation. Obviously, yeah. a, a midfielder but um, was was back there helping out. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's another nice story. I'm... And we'll we'll get onto the sort of the transfer window closing shortly, but um, the fact that he's still here is is a little bit injury uh, motivated, I guess, but yeah. also suggests how rapidly he's progressing in in the uh, you know the pecking order. Basically, yeah. that he is not only on the bench, but he's being used in a game that is still kind of got some life in it. wasn't wasn't totally dead at that point, and. Yeah, I think that's 13 players have made their senior debuts in the last two years for us or yeah. something. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's not too bad at all, really, is it? Yeah. No, I'm not um, Cat 2, anyway. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Uh, do you want to bring up whatever it was you were going to say about Matthew King Don- Donahue here? Well, I don't really want to talk about what happened with Karen Gordon. I don't think there's any need to call it out because everyone knows it's just... Disgusting behaviour, isn't it? Um, from mm. the, the whole city supporter or supporters or whatever it was. Um, and I were having a go at Donahue uh, because I mentioned you because what's he doing messing around on the sidelines? <laughs> you know, I thought <laughs> I just saw McBurney wandering around. I thought something's kicked off and he's taking his time and he's making a big deal. Look at me. But to be fair, I think he did the right thing by stopping the game as long as he did to calm everything down. I think he could have let that go because we're off the pitch and I'm not really sure. You know, if it's his job to 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 even get involved in that sort of stuff, but I think he did really well to defuse the situation. Yeah, I, Hekim, it's fair to know that Heckingbottom uh, gave him a lot of praise afterwards mm. as well. Um, don't know who this is um, for how he handled handled this and said he showed a lot of empathy to um, Karen Gordon as well. So, yeah, that's uh, well done him. I suppose we've obviously had some. Uh, nightmare encounters with, with this guy yeah. as an actual as an actual referee rather than a yeah. you know, human being, I suppose, as he as he showed there. Um, but yeah, I thought it was it was an okay game from him uh, on a, on a weekend of some very odd refereeing in the. He uh, had about top, a twenty minute spell like. where he, everything he did was just awful. <laughs> yeah. But, so I, other than that, that, that's not that's not bad for him. <laughs> it's not bad. I, I thought that there was a spell where it was a bit like the uh, you know the two Ronnies mastermind sketch where he. Ronnie Corbett keeps answering the question <laughs> previous to the one he's just no, been I asked. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, I kind of <laughs> thought he got a bit like that with his decisions. You know, there was that, as you said, there's the Njai one he gave a foul on, and then he, he failed to give them a free kick about 30 seconds later that was much more clearly a foul. And then, <laughs> yeah. you know, he books Brewster for getting shoved over. Although should have been booked. I don't know how low didn't get booked in the first half. He, he should definitely got oh, booked yeah. for his challenge. He didn't, didn't give anything for that neither. And, and then he booked an L. I mean, a lot of a lot of Hull fans were saying that Anel should have been sent off for the high kick. I don't even think he should have been booked. I think a yellow card's probably right for that one. He's dangerous play even if he has no idea that the defender is. <sighs> Possibly. That I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I, I can see both sides of it in terms of... I could see a referee might make the call that he had no idea he was there, but... I suppose the flip side is just don't jump and flick your foot like that. I can see why. <laughs> yeah. I can see why one ref might wave it away as like just don't do that again. Yeah, 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 yeah. Would have got a yellow card. In other games though, Donahue was completely lost control of the game. I think at Millwall and Blackburn, it, it, those two games just became ridiculous. And he, and he couldn't get control of it, and he didn't in this one. In fairness, yeah, in fairness indeed, and yeah, the uh, I guess the the biggest thing of the day was yeah how he handled the. Um, 
alleged racism, mm. I guess, and uh, yeah. you know during and after the match. And uh, yeah, it sounds like you know United and Hull have just kind of followed the right process, and that was it's just depressing. The reason I don't want to bring, I don't know, you should bring light to it and stuff, but it's just depressing that it still happens. It's just really you. I just oh, I can't. I just can't get in those sort of people's heads, especially when his brother's playing for Hull. Yeah, I mean, it's. I guess it's no great shock that if you're going to racially abuse someone, you are also stupid. But um, yeah, that's it. It is just. <laughs> yeah, um, true. It yeah. is just depressing. But it's. It's not. I mean, it's. Yeah, trying to take the positive out of something awful. It, it's. It's nice seeing how. I guess how the majority have reacted to it. You know, Hull fans mm-hmm. and United fans, obviously, and, and Karen Gordon himself is. Yeah, obviously, he expressed that he was obviously really disappointed by it, but that he appreciates the positive messages and stuff. Yeah, well, yeah, so. I think the look, whole the, 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 we lost people in our fan base who's just as thick. So it's it's just it's just what it is. It's people, idiots. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, um, yeah, sour sour note, but um, it does sound like it's being handled appropriately, I suppose, and yeah, hopefully. Uh, I don't know. Just hopefully goes another step towards stamping this kind of thing out uh, yeah. from society generally. Um, yeah. All right. Uh, let's let's move on with the actual football then. Um, sorry, I, I kind of didn't want to talk about that too much. No, either, but, um, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's, it is important. I wanted to know, praise Donahue when we I had to come up. I suppose didn't it? But yeah. Yeah, you're right. Uh, the Blades win two 0 We go back to the top of the league. Sanderberger kisses. The badge, that mm-hmm. gloriously handsome man. He's, he's, I look at that photo and I stare deep into those eyes of his and think, <laughs> he's not, he's not leaving. He's yeah. still here. The transfer window is shut, and Sander Berger is still a blade. Wait till January, mate. <laughs> <laughs> should we, should we just quickly like cap off uh, deadline day for what it's worth? Which I found this hilarious. Obviously, I were on holiday, and um, I would uh, sort of, I weird like with the caravan were at, I could get decent signal in there. Everywhere else, I couldn't get any signal. But um, yeah, and I was just like flicking on, and, and I got into a row with someone about it, and you know, everyone's tensions were high. I think it's fair to say on deadline day, but um, mm. I think I do. I, as I, I tweeted out, I think the board do deserve a lot of credit because I think it's. I've seen people say, "Well, you just keep your best player." It's simple, but as we know, that's not. I don't always. It's not that simple. Is it? Not that simple. I'm not with Sheffield United, and I don't want to go into this. McKeever would have sold him for a quid. You know, I mean, all this sort of stuff. But it is what we've been used to. You, I think everyone goes into deadline day. You've got a good player. He's going to leave because that's what United do. And we've sold one player who we wanted to keep in the last two seasons, and that's Ramsdale. And I think that's a massive credit. I know people say parachute payments and all this, but Watford have had to sell Dennis. Norwich sold Buendia the, the season they went up. People lose players, and to keep hold of Berger and Indai, who I imagine interest has been in, in them too. If we're still top two in January, I think you can make a really good case to them two and say, just stay with us at the end of the season. At least, yeah, and then you can, you know, kind of like what happened with Wendira, I guess. You yeah, know, you can, you sort of leave with our blessing if that's what you actually want and to that's do. That's fine, and it's not nice. But if Berg, obviously, Chelsea are apparently one of the clubs interested mm. in. Him. I can't blame him for going to Chelsea. Of course, you can't. But if if you can say to him, you know, stay with us, and you can get your move at the end of the season, you, that's football. You can't stop. You can't. When I don't want to sound like a kid when the big boys come calling and all this sort of stuff. But when it's someone like Chelsea. And when you're in the prime of your career like Berg is, he's obviously going to want to play at the, that very highest level. And 
it'd be an incredible move for him. It would. And I mean, I, I, you know, you, you mentioned that head turning thing. I think everyone at United comes out of this really well because mm-hmm. that that Chelsea loan was was this window. They they came in to try yep. and sign Berger on loan for the rest of this season. And I don't know whether we said forget it or if we've said no, we want this this much money instead. And Chelsea have said forget it. But Berger presumably is brilliant. Is all right with that. I mean, he, I think he clearly... he's, he's deserves so much credit, Berger, for this. And I know. Mm. Again, you say he's a professional footballer, should be doing it. But we know that doesn't happen. We know, you know, plays down tools or... What's his name? He went to Chelsea. I forgot his name. From Leicester. Oh, for Fafana. Yeah. Just and he refused this to season, play. yeah. Well, he didn't refuse to play, but Brendan Rodgers said his head weren't in the right place. I think it's pathetic, that, personally. But that's what footballers do to, yeah. to try and get a move away. And Berg's not done any of that. Ramsdale refused to uh, play yeah. for us, obviously. Yeah, of course. That's another one, Ramsdale. Yeah. It happens up and down the leagues every single transfer window and massive credit to Berger for not doing that yeah definitely and presumably bored and hecking bottom for persuading him to stay mm. essentially just getting him to buy into uh yeah that that concept we kind of talked about yeah. like give it six months like you know turn your three great months into nine great months and then yeah. see what happens in January but ideally as you said hopefully we're still in the top two at that point yeah and then you can sort of parlay that into Give us the rest of the season. I and think, then... I'd never thought the Bruce thing was going to happen simply because I think it'd have been a terrible move for him. Because he's the going what, to. You, you lost the, the, oh, the Bruce, Bruce, yeah. Yeah. I think because... it's a Bruce. I mean, it's Steve Bruce. <laughs> 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 What's he doing now? <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I just think that it's a, definitely a backward step for him because he might be in the championship now, but if he has a really good season. This season, even if we don't go up, he's going to get a Premier League club, which is a higher level. It might be in the Champions League with Bruce, but they're getting knocked out in the, you know, in the first stage. So what's the point? Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, I really, really thought he would not be playing for us by this point of the season. Yes. The closer we got to the deadline, the more confident I was we were yeah. going to keep him. Um, just because, yeah, we'd, we'd obviously had those. Uh, reported offers from Bruges, what was that, like three or four weeks ago? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bruges? I mean, they had nothing up until deadline day. Yeah, yeah. And then it's sort of this weirdly reported thing of like, oh, we stayed in touch, but they didn't actually come back with a new offer. But then, um, yeah, it seems like the phone was buzzing a little bit, wasn't it, on, with regards to can we can we just take him off your hands on loan for the rest it of the season? It was interesting because obviously the big hitters uh, of the in the know world, which were, what's his name, Fabrizio... Romano. Ravenelli. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, the other guy, uh, Pete O'Rourke, who normally breaks a lot of good news, they they, they were really confident they were leaving. And Mm. then you had other people on the other side of it, whose name I can't remember now. They were were a guy on S2 who gets gets a few, Billy Bagsman Billy, I think he's called. He said he's (laughs) definitely not going. And you're thinking, well, this guy's got everything right, but you didn't know which way to turn, you know what I mean? You didn't know which way to go. And there were another journalist who said he weren't going. They're the Norwegian guy. Do you know the Norwegian journalist? Oh, yeah, yeah. We all, we all learned what the Norwegian for incorrect was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. And you're thinking, <laughs> oh, I don't, I don't know who to believe, you know, but thankfully, uh, Bagsman Billy were. <laughs> so, uh, that's that's the moral of the story. Always yeah. trust Bagsman Billy if you've yeah. got a choice. Um, what. What a bonus having Berger for uh, at least the next three months. Mm. Like, yeah, and we're already seeing it. We saw it yesterday. Yeah, he's not. He's, gonna, he's not going to doubt. I think there's always a there's always that sort of fear that even though he's going to stay, you think mm, is he going to try and avoid injury? But none of that yesterday. Heck no, he's having a, a lovely start to the season, and uh, yeah, that was. Should we mention Cone? 
It was... Oh yeah, that was uh, interesting. That wasn't it. Uh, oh, do you know what? I didn't follow this part that closely because I was just. Oh. Uh, I was all plugged in on whether Berger was leaving or not. Yeah. But yeah uh, is it Ibrahima Kone? Is that his yeah, name? something like that. Yeah, Canadian international. And again, I have to credit to United um, that they had someone lined up if the worst case scenario did happen by all accounts. Yeah, uh, Ibrahima Kone plays for Ibrahima, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, he plays for Preston, weirdly. Is that right? No. He plays, uh, he plays for the MLS. No, this is someone else. Ish- Ishmael, Ishmael, Ishmael Kone. Ishmael, thank you. Yeah. This is, that's weird. This is current team Preston North End, but uh, this guy, he play, pissed play for FC Laurent instead. Yeah. Uh, anyway, sorry, uh, it's it's <laughs> 20 past eight on a Monday and I've been staring at a computer screen for a long time today, so my, my brain's obviously fuzzing up. But yeah, the proactively seems like we had um, a replacement lined up. Uh, you were going to use some of that burger money i suppose on him um yeah we'll 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 see what happens in january if if that's somebody we go in for regardless of whether burger's leaving yeah, then exactly or not. what i did confirm which were unusual he, he, mm. no one with transfers they'll say oh i don't want to talk about that he were like yeah we're interested in him <laughs> yeah so uh yeah we'll watch this space i suppose um a couple of smaller bits of business will asula goes out on loan to derby which i think is very good move yeah do you want to Talk a little bit about that. He came on on um, Saturday against Plymouth and they took Didsy off and they were winning 2-0. Mm. And um, from what I've read from the Derby fans, as soon as Dids went off, they just fell to pieces. And it, it was a really hard start for him because the game turned as soon as he came on, which had nothing to do with him. Um, apparently, McGoldrick was just completely bossing the game, which I can imagine. And um, yeah. yeah, and they lost away a bit. But yeah, it's a really good move. Massive club, obviously, certainly for the level they're playing at. It's going to be... 30,000, whatever, there every week. And mm. re- when they were linked with Burton, I thought, yeah, that's fair enough. But obviously, they're doing bad. Obviously, they lost uh, Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank today. Mm. And I thought, yeah, it'll be an all right move. But to get someone like when Derby and Ipswich were interested, I was like, oh, yeah, this is, yeah, really interesting how he does it. A, a big club with big, big expectations this season. Yeah, you've both started this. Ipswich, obviously, much better. They're uh, mm. top, top of the tree, I think, at the moment. But, uh, yeah, they are. Yeah. Two teams that appear to be very good at that level as well. So, yeah, going into a, a good, positive environment. I mean, Jebison obviously flourished as, like, the main man, essentially, at a, a lower-end team last season. And, yeah, I, I don't know. I sort of feel like this is a better environment for a, a kid to go into for his first taste of football, really, like a, a winning environment where the mm. where the expectation is high on him as well. So, yeah, I, th- I think it's a really good move as well. And I'll... Um, I mean, I've already... It's weird. I've done like a 180 on Derby from being like one of the teams I dislike the most to like <laughs> one of the results I check every week. So yeah. I want to know how McGoldrick's got on and uh, yeah. Stearman and now it'll be Asula as well. Yeah, and um, Urahan, obviously, you know, not a not oh, yeah. legend, but that's four X blades there. Yeah, I'm, I'm same as you. Uh, I'm really enjoying when, when Derby are doing well, yeah. <laughs> so bizarre. I hope they're uh, on meant... TV when they play Wednesday. That'd be good, wouldn't it? Be oh, yeah. That. That does sound good. Um, <laughs> Yeah, a rare, a rare Sheffield. Well, actually, a rarer uh, Meekin household trifecta this weekend of United <laughs> winning, Wednesday losing, and Reading winning. It, it doesn't happen very often. I think we've had two already this season. I think we had one in the entirety of last season. So yeah. things are definitely looking up. Um, our blaster did not go out on loan, as we mentioned, mm. and that is uh, both interesting and nice to see. Yep. Um, someone who has departed is Casper Laparta, who's gone on a permanent mm. deal to South End of the National League. Which was surprising, but kind of like 
Good luck to the lad in a way. Yeah, that's, yeah. You know, if that's it's what a shame. you want to do. I think people are getting excited about him due to the rave reviews he got at Southend. Mm-hmm. And then whatever happened with the contract, I think we'd have, well, Eckingbottom said we'd prefer to send him out on loan, but he wanted to leave permanently. And, you know, yeah. fair enough. Uh, and good luck to him. I think um, he's, he's going to be playing regularly anyway at Southend. And I don't know. I don't know. I know they were like mid table last season in the end, but, you know, you expect him to be. Around the playoffs, I would think in that league. I don't really know too much about the national mm. league, to be honest. But I think they're I think they're a lower end. Oh, they really? Like, yeah. Maybe yeah. I'm thinking about from the the championship days when I <laughs> in the nineties <laughs> when they used to be like had a, what's his name up from Freddie Eastwood. Freddie Eastwood. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember that. That's so bizarre. Championship legend. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, yeah. This is it's surprising. I thought he. Um, I kind of expected him. I think if he if he'd signed a new contract with us, I think he probably would have gone on loan to League One, maybe mm. certainly League Two. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it's surprising to see him drop down that far, but he clearly loves Southend. They absolutely adore yeah. him. He's like a yeah. hero by all accounts. And um, yeah, f- fair play. You know, he's what is he like twenty one, twenty two? He mm. he wants to be playing football. Um, so yeah, good good for him. He's, he's got yeah. he's, he's got to move to somewhere he is going to play where he's yeah clearly very well liked and. He obviously feels that gives him the best chance to um, climb back up the leagues, I suppose. It's Have you sort of just looked at the National League? Do you know who's bottom? Uh, no, I haven't got a clue. Scunthorpe. Oof. Bottom of the National yeah. League. Sorry, just how, a yeah, big tangent there. But yeah, uh, How wow. the not-that-mighty have fallen. Yeah, well, the glory is under Atkins. They were... Uh... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, yeah, good luck to him. Uh, I... I did wonder if he would be like involved in the first team squad this season for United. That is um, mm. obviously not, but um, wow. yeah, he's, he's got a move that's. Uh, I don't know. Some I, I don't mean this to sort of question his professionalism or anything, but I, there's been some slightly uh, what's the word? Just like slightly leading comments, I suppose, yeah, on his social yeah, media yeah. and it's stuff. Of like the, the, the sort of suggests he uh, he wasn't too happy with yeah. the situation as it was playing out here. So. Hopefully he'll be happier now because every one of these players that comes through our academy, you know, and goes on to do something in league football just makes it more appealing. I mean, yeah. that's what we saw with um, uh, Will Lankshire, obviously going to uh, going to Spurs. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, Hecky Bottom said about that, like no academy prospect is joining us for the money. They're joining us because of the pathway that we can offer. And yeah, mm. that's that's a massive feather in the cap. And hopefully that... That kind of just is another like uh, another flag of like the next Njai to come to us or yeah. the next Lancashire, I suppose, or someone like that. So um, yeah, that's I think that's all the transfer business. We've we've obviously waffled on for a fair bit here, um, and we do want to watch the rest of Borough Sunderland as well. So do you want to just uh, quickly talk Rotherham this weekend? Yeah, I'm looking forward to this. There, I, pre- I, I I might be wrong here. I don't think they've won away from home yet this season. I think uh, I'm not I, sure. I could be wrong. The the table as we're going, but I know obviously they picked up most of the points uh, away. Uh, sorry, sorry, at home. Yeah, sorry. Uh, Richard Wood though, goal scorer extraordinaire. I did laugh. Um, <laughs> he's got four goals this season, Richard Wood, and I did he's got four. Four. Yeah. I knew he had three. <laughs> yeah, he's got as many as Enjai. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and he. Um, uh, let me just look at Rotherham. No, they're not one away yet, and obviously we've not lost at home yet. So <laughs> one point, one. Yeah, they get, yeah, they've played one less on there because they would have played away ah, at Coventry. Coventry. I think. Yeah, that's right. So, yeah. But anyway, but yeah, yeah Paul Wall said about 
Paul Ward said about Richard Wood scored again because he's the most goals he scored since the 1982 season. Which <laughs> 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 uh, yeah, yeah he's, uh, they, they, we know they're gonna they're gonna be fairly low on quality, but they're gonna battle. And I think it's always a tough game against Rotherham. We struggled against them under Wilder. I remember the away fixture under Wilder mm. when we got promoted, and we were really lucky to get a point in that. And then they had a man sent off in the in the home leg in the home fixture, and we struggled to break him down. And I think he's a re- I really really like Paul Orm, and I think he's done obviously an amazing job. And it's going to be a tough game, I think. Yeah, good. Rotherham, good set piece team. Uh, although so are we, you know, they have mm. the joint joint most set piece goals so far this season, tied with us. Uh, one of the lowest open play XGs and bottom third for open play goals. So very reliant on set pieces. Defensively pretty poor. Second most shots allowed so far in the league. Seventh most open play XG allowed. Um, this I found really weird, actually. I, I, I can't work out how this works, but Opta's thing of like how many passes per possession oh, and, yeah. with the, yeah, yeah. and with the speed that they move at the pitch. So Watford are both... The mo- they're one of the most direct teams, but also move the ball up the pitch the slowest. And I can't work out how that actually works. So they're not. So, so they when they have possession, they make a really low amount of passes until they no longer have possession. So until they you know take a shot, yeah. lose the ball, or whatever. Yeah. But also, it takes them forever to move it up the pitch. So that kind of suggests they just dribble it out like really slowly. <laughs> Which you think would play into our hands of yeah, um, I, what I, is I, now the most aggressive pressing team in the championship, which is us. Wow, my God, I hope we don't come against up against us. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I I've not seen Rotherham this season. I, saw, I think they're very direct how they play. That's what I saw mm-hmm. last season anyway. In in the few games that I saw him in League One, obviously had Smith up front last season. who were big big target man for them. And Freddie Ladapo, obviously they're both gone now. And I really, really expected Rotherham to struggle this season. And obviously early days, but some really good results on the way. Drawing away at Preston. I know everyone draws <laughs> to Preston. But <laughs> yeah, drawing away at Preston, drawing to Watford, beating... Um, oh, we were the big, the decent team to beat Reading 4-0, that right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I, I've got a lot of respect for this, for this team, to be fair. It, I know they're not going to be the best quality-wise, but I think it's going to be a massive battle. Yeah. Also, a player called Cohen Bramall, which I think is great in terms of uh, yes, you know, oh, the obvious. He better not score. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the headline writer's dream. Yeah, um, yeah. So I'm looking forward to that. My, uh, I'm taking my two-year-old along to it uh, due to lack of babysitting options. <laughs> um, but I think it'll be okay. I, I, I'll bring this up just to um, uh, give a bit of credit to the ticket office, actually, because. Uh, I didn't think it would be a great idea to try and wedge her in next to my season ticket seat on the cop, which I can barely wedge myself in. So the idea of having like a two-year-old who wants to sort of get up and move around and you know you need a I need a bag of two-year-old entertainment equipment yeah. and snacks and stuff as well. I thought that would be a bad idea, so I, I rang up the ticket office and asked what the uh, yeah if there's any possibility of moving to another stand basically, and they very quickly have moved my seats for this one game to uh, Bramall Lane Upper Tier. Uh, my daughter is under three, so it's a complimentary ticket for her. I don't even have to pay to take her along. And uh, yeah, it, t- it took like two minutes to sort out. Um, I was really impressed. I-, I sort of rang up thinking they were just going to tell me to 
uh, get knotted and buy new seats, basically. But no, I'm uh, I'm, I'm having a one-off game in the Bramall Lane upper tier, and hopefully I'll be able to watch the majority of the match. <laughs> yeah, and everyone says yeah. Betis is a snake. And look at him, he's set up <laughs> <this> for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, anything else to mention just before we finish I off? Before we go, I, I wanted to mention I listened to Rainbow Boys podcast. I know you did as well, obviously. Mm. Um, I interviewed. I they're not they're not related, are they? Ellie Wilson and Nina Wilson. As far as I know, they're not related. The women women team. This yeah, the goalkeeper defender. Um, oh, really interesting, really interesting podcast and. Uh, yeah, I really, really enjoyed uh, listening to it and and uh, talking about like the difference between men and women's football and the and the crowd and everything. And I'd, yeah, go and check it out. Yeah, I thought it was a really good listen. They're um, they're very eloquent. Those two, they, they are. They did. Yeah. Um, so I think this was recorded. It was recorded before the start of this season. Yeah, just um, after the Women's World Cup, I think, weren't it? Yeah. After yeah, after those, yeah, um, yeah, and they, I, I saw them. You know, they were popping up on like, you know. Look North and Radio Sheffield and all sorts. Of, I think Ellie Wilson's done some like um, commentary on our games actually this season for Radio Sheffield. But oh, um, yeah, that does ring a bell actually. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, they're really um, just really interesting, insightful people to listen to, and it is a great episode. So yeah, go check out the uh, the first episode of the new series of the Rainbow Blades podcast. I went to the United Women versus Durham yeah. Women as well. I was that like because obviously they mentioned in this podcast that Durham's they hate playing against Durham. <laughs> So bang on. <laughs> yeah, they say about how they're like, oh, it's always a physical battle when you play Durham. And I, I obviously listened to that after seeing the yeah. game. And my God, I think a, a fussier referee could have produced several red cards because yeah, that was right. an extremely physical I game. I was frustrated because I thought, they, 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 obviously, they asked the, uh, Anna, who does the Rainbow Blades podcast, asked the players, who do you hate playing against? And they, they both said Durham, basically, straight away. And I'm like, I'm going to go to this match. This sounds amazing. And I'm like, oh, no, last week. I missed it. <laughs> yeah, it was, I, think that, I think they're professional Durham, as in I think they mm. train professionally. They might have been in the Women's Super League recently. I meant to look this up. Um, but, uh, yeah, United won 2-0. Uh, Courtney Sweetman-Kirk, who you may have seen on Sky Sports. She's yeah, I know. Yeah, on, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. On uh, Soccer Saturday and the equivalent. Um, two fantastic goals. Like, absolutely brilliant. I mean, yeah, first one cuts inside from the left and just swings it past the goalkeeper with 20 yards. And then uh, she's putting on goal for the second one and just casually chips it over the goalkeeper as the uh, as the whole player intended to do against West Fodringham on Saturday. But um, <laughs> ca- uh, vice-captain... Kirk or Sweetman Kirk um, took those much better. So yeah, uh, it was good. There was, uh, there was about a thousand fans there. It's it's, it's slightly odd. Um, I, I don't know whether this is a minor criticism, but uh, seeing as I had a two-year-old with me, it, it might have been better to have it in the family stand where mm. the facilities are slightly better. I guess. I mean, I was sort of like casting around for. Uh, changing facilities at one point for yeah. for a youngster, and there just aren't any. But uh, I don't know. I'm, prob- I'm probably nitpicking. I just I just thought that would probably make more sense to have it in the family stand than in the south stand. But whatever. It was uh, it was a good view. You could get up and move around. And uh, yeah, my my daughter very much enjoyed enjoyed shouting "Come on, you blades!" all the way through the second half, which earned a few a few strange looks. But uh, yeah, I'll take it to a I'll take it to a first men's game this yeah, weekend. And I'm, it'll be a I'm different atmosphere, I think. It. <laughs> it it probably will be. Yeah. Um, she still thinks every football match will have the the Netherlands fans 
like party bus yeah. from the <laughs> the women's Euros game that we went to. So, and it's a manager expectations in that regard. But um, yeah, well, there we go, mate. Sorry, I'll uh, I'll let you get off and you can watch the second half. What well, uh, do you want to plug the the view from all the view from hell? The view from hell. Um, yeah, the pre-match view. Uh, they were very very cocky in the post-match view. They're like little pussy cats, uh, <laughs> um, and but some of them were like saying, we've, "Yeah, we've got technically better players than them." And another one said <clears> something like, "Yeah, when we get we're better than them, you know, when we once we get our injured players back and all this sort of nonsense." But, uh, but yeah, so the, yeah, so the view from's out now, and we've got a new mainly episode out, which is WWF or WWE, whatever they be calling it these days. Um, <laughs> I really enjoyed that, and we're going to do a watch along for a Royal Rumble this week. So, oh no way! Yeah, <laughs> how's that going to work? Are we like a live one or what? But, well, in we're live not going to stream. actually watch along in the sense of uh, watching along uh, it, it, that you can watch <laughs> along. We're just going to watch it, and if you want to, you can press play at the same time as you're listening. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, that's that's a cool idea. I like that. Yeah. Nice. So, um, but yeah. So, looking forward to that as well. But that's like living with made like. Oh, sorry, living with made one on Twitter. Mm. And uh, you, you had a social media roundup for the pinch this morning as well, which yeah. I very much enjoyed. I, I did that when I were away, actually. So there's a few. It, it sort of ends quite abruptly because I've so, I had no internet, so I couldn't, like, couldn't really get anything for the Reading game, for the Luton game, should I say, or the Reading game? But yeah, mm. so that's at the pinch. Yeah, really enjoyed. I downloaded loads of their articles um, to read when I were away, and really enjoyed the, the stuff that people have, yeah, put on, onto there recently. Mm. Yeah, the uh, I, I hadn't, you'd mentioned it to me before, but I hadn't seen it before. But the Millwall fan punching the sea after yeah. our second goal is is fantastic <laughs> because it looks like he's not actually paying any attention to the football; like he's just been stood there like punching the seat repetitively for 20 minutes or something it's yeah. so weird yeah he's there all match yeah. <laughs> yeah like the bride in kill bill just like learning to punch through the piece of wood from short range that's that's what he's doing he's going through his kung fu training <laughs> anyway that is that's the pinch uh roy's view from.com for all those views living with made leaves the podcast god you're busy aren't you busy man busy boy yeah, yeah. busy man you're back from your holiday and drinking every night as well when i'm on holiday so <laughs> <laughs> and uh at panchero on twitter and myself at bladespod um right mate well let's let's get out of here watch the uh rest of Borough Sunderland a one nil Borough as we talk. Oh, interesting. Mm. Yeah, I think they'll probably win tonight. Although if they yeah, don't, yeah. Mm, a bit pressure. While they're out, yeah. <laughs> out. Could be could be Tony Mowbray out. Get Alex Neil back at this rate. Yeah, he hasn't won a game yet. Has he? Has he only had one game. Yeah, this is his first game, is it? Oh no, nah, second game. He must he, have at least one. Yeah, he beat they beat someone three Rotherham. Oh, my mistake. Obviously. Yeah. Was yeah, yeah, too yeah. excited by our own game this weekend uh, and Wednesday losing to Barnsley, which is pretty funny. Yeah, to um, properly pay attention to it. Um, right, mate. Well, let's let's go. We're very uh, pleasure to have you have you back in the fold. But big thanks to Hal once again yeah. for uh, stepping into the breach. Really do appreciate that. But um, yeah, wel- welcome back to the world of Bladespod, mate. And uh, I will hopefully see you with a toddler in tow on Saturday for. Uh, Maybe a, maybe a, a quick drink or a yeah. A I think she's old, she's old enough for a beer now, isn't she? She's two. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like with that uh, Rusa Mortimer. You can't give a baby booze. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right, mate. Thanks very much. I'll catch up with you later. Right. Thanks a lot, mate. Cheers.